Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. Yo, yo, yo. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire. Thank you for joining us here on Tuesday, December 8th. Love me a good Monday night football doubleheader. Stinks to win one and lose one, but it's tough. Listen, man, the NFL is a tough market to crack. We have a phenomenal podcast ahead. Um, We had some breaking late night news on the Kyrie Irving LeBron front. And this is never going to die. We'll touch on that. Jim Harbaugh. I don't know if you guys have heard what happened with Jim Harbaugh. And Michigan will obviously do that. Uh, I do want to, however... Oh, we'll wrap up with the best bet, obviously, on Dallas and Baltimore. Uh, a lot of Baltimore COVID stuff. Um, all of a sudden, their roster looks strong, strong tonight. We'll have the best bet on that. Uh, but I want to start with the Pittsburgh Steelers finally losing. They went down to Washington in a weird game. And I, I, I don't know if Rob G is going to like how, where I'm going here. You know, obviously, you want to bounce stuff off the producer. And we talk about topics, but I didn't tell him where I'm going here. Now... Steelers lose, no longer undefeated, okay? And 
I think I've told this story before on my Saturday radio show. I don't know if I've told it on this podcast or not, but you guys know by now, if you regular listeners, new listeners, uh, I had started a website in 2006, a sports blog. It was a hobby. It didn't pay any money. I was doing it anonymously, and I had a day job at Us Weekly magazine at the time. Yes, I have interviewed Jessica Alba. No, it was not that interesting. Um, But yes, obviously she was gorgeous. Um, That's neither here nor there. Back to the blog. So come 2007, I've been doing it for a year. And I got to be honest, you know, I was a young guy, just moved in with the girlfriend who would become the wife. I'm living in New York City. I'm trying to have fun. I was playing in a basketball league there. Uh, That was a lot of fun. And I'm basically doing two jobs. And I was kind of wearing down. And I, you know, talked to two friends who got me an interview at ESPN, the magazine. And don't worry, this will tie into the Pittsburgh Steelers very shortly. And I get this interview, and I mostly crush it. And the guy likes me. And ultimately, he says, Jason, I like you a lot. We just don't have a writing opening now. We have an editor opening. You know, we could get you in as that. And I'm sitting there like, I don't want to be an editor. You know, what what do I want to be an editor for? I want to write. I don't want to be chained to a desk. That's not fun. Um, And, you know, we go back and forth a little bit. And ultimately... um, I'm like, all right, well, you know, maybe I just take the editor job and I work my way on to writing. You know, I could pull that off. I could pull off anything. I'm Jason McIntyre. I'm a cocky young guy in New York City. And um, I walk out of there kind of, damn, I don't think he's going to end up offering me the writing job. I, I, I thought I could talk my way into it. And in life, you guys, you hit these forks in the road and you got to go door number one or door number two. And it really is one of those pivotal moments that I've had in my career. I could have taken the editor job and I've made it clear, sorry, I don't want that. I want to write. And ultimately that had to happen. I had to face that moment and ultimately ended up, you know, sticking with the blog, ended up quitting the job, blog gets sold, yada, yada, yada. Here I am in LA doing a podcast on TV at FS1, writing for FoxSports.com have a radio show. I like this. Everything had to happen to lead up to this. And I watched the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday afternoon. And that was a team, folks. They had to have that loss. They needed it. I know it sounds crazy. An undefeated team needs a loss, but they looked tired. They looked beat up. They looked slow. They just looked physically exhausted. And remember this, Pittsburgh did not have a bye this season. Only team in the league that got shafted. You have to go back to late September, early October. And they were supposed to play the Titans in week four. The Titans had COVID, so they keep postponing the the game during the week. Steelers are practicing as normal, and then eventually they cancel the game. But Pittsburgh had practiced half that week, so they don't get a bye. They didn't. And then their bye week became the game against the Titans. Not only that, but that led to a three-week road trip. They had at Tennessee at Baltimore, at Dallas. That was excru- Those are excruciating. Look up how many teams have the three straight road games. Not many. It's like one or two teams a year. That's brutal. Okay? And then look at what happened on Thanksgiving. They're all excited to play on Thanksgiving Day against their rivals. Then you get the extra time. That game gets pushed. Gets moved multiple times. Do you know how frustrating that is if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers? They're getting shafted because of Tennessee's COVID outbreak and then Baltimore's COVID outbreak. So next thing you know, like their games are getting moved. They don't get a bye week. And I looked at that team and they just look tired and they're beat up. Listen, I'm not making excuses. They lost. Okay. They choked away a 14, nothing lead. 
And it was bad, but that's a tired team, folks. I'm just speaking real here, okay? Look at the injuries. They're starting to mount. Bush, the linebacker, went down earlier this season. They lost Dupree last week. Uh, COVID knocked out James Conner. COVID knocked out their center, Pouncey. Uh, in that game against Washington, you lose the kid Spillane. And I'd never really heard of Spillane before this season. He's the guy who filled the lane at the goal line and stuck Derrick Henry. One of the hardest hits I've seen this season. Nobody hits Derrick Henry and survives. This dude Spillane met Henry in the lane, mano a mano. Uh, and I think he felt like he might have dislocated his shoulder. I remember instantly he just pointed to the bench. Yo, yo, come get me. I just ran into a Mack truck. He got hurt yesterday against Washington. Joe Hayden in the secondary went down. I mean, I'm telling you, man, this is a beat up, physically exhausted Pittsburgh Steelers team. Okay? They now have to go to play Buffalo this week. All of a sudden, this loss to Washington flips it, guys. I'm telling you, Pittsburgh had the end on the number one seed, and that's tough to do. Kansas City now tied with Pittsburgh, and all of a sudden Cleveland is hot. And Cleveland theoretically could steal the AFC North. And Pittsburgh goes from the one seed to like five, six, or seven. And it's getting a little bit wild out there for Pittsburgh when you start to look big picture. Folks, this game against Buffalo ain't going to be easy, okay? Um, First of all, Buffalo, which we'll get to in a sec, looked phenomenal in shredding, absolutely shredding, Robert Salah and the 49ers defense. Um, but we'll get to Pit- Buffalo in a second. I'm just I'm just saying be careful with this Pittsburgh team. They were totally fatigued. And it's one of those moments where when you're watching them, you're like, wait, these guys can't run the football at all. Ben Roethlisberger had to throw 53 passes, 5.8 yards per attempt. Alex Smith was at 6.4 yards per attempt. Ben doesn't throw the ball downfield. It's all five-yard outs. They ran the football, kids. 14 times for 21 yards. That's it. Not one carry of 10 yards. And this is the one play that ticked me off. If I'm a Steelers backer and I bet money on Pittsburgh, I did not. I gave out Washington on this podcast. I cashed that ticket. Thank you very much. Fourth and short, late in the fourth quarter, like four minutes left. Um, And out of the blue, for reasons that make absolutely no sense. Ben decides to throw a sluggo to Anthony McFarlane, the rookie running back out of Maryland, or maybe second year, I don't know, a young kid. He had one target on the game, and that was it. On fourth down, you've got an embarrassment of riches on the outside. Washington, Johnson. Um, I don't love Ebron, but Ebron's a good good tight end. Claypool, Juju. And you're throwing to like a third string running back on fourth down? Like, I didn't understand that call at all. Made no sense. By the way, Juju Smith-Schuster. Remember when he was like playing opposite Antonio Brown and he was one of the best young receivers in the league? I I don't know how this is possible. He had 10 targets for 28 yards. Like, what? What are we doing? He's he's catching every pass for two yards? I'm just stunned at some of these passing decisions from Pittsburgh. Um... And, and it's like, it's one of those moments where it's like, what is happening to this team? Just absolutely bizarre. So down goes Pittsburgh. And all of a sudden now, the number one seed hanging in the balance. This is bad news because they needed that bye heading into the playoffs. I'll quickly touch on the Buffalo game, which was a laugher. And I'm sorry. I felt good about the Niners. Um, San Francisco somehow got stopped inside the five-yard line twice. Um, But that doesn't really matter because the Buffalo Bills didn't punt until there was like six minutes left in the game. Josh Allen was doing the damn thing. 
And I got to say, uh, I know the, the media loves Robert Salah, and he's a fiery defensive coordinator. I mean, dude, like, Josh Allen was carving up your zone. At one point, he was like 14 of 15 against the zone. What are you doing? Get out of the zone. Make an adjustment. And what's even more sad is, then they went to man, and nobody in the Niners secondary can guard anybody. Verrett was getting lit up like a Christmas tree by Stefan Diggs. Richard Sherman is just a shell of himself. And folks, you got good Josh Allen. Like, Josh Allen goes bad, Josh Allen goes good, and, and he was on point. No John Brown either. I mean, you know, Rob G., I don't want to go overboard. But when you see a performance like that on an island game, against what's a pretty good 49ers defense. We've seen them shut down the Rams twice. I mean, is this Buffalo team capable of getting to the Super Bowl? If Josh Allen's playing like that? Uh, no. <laughs> Come on, what do you that mean was, no? No. Dude, up and down the field like it was nothing. 34 points in a heartbeat. That's fine, but I mean, it's it's not like, you know, we didn't we haven't seen them do this before. And like, we also haven't seen... They're one of the most tough teams to to yeah. get a gauge on. They're, they're a roller coaster... The Josh Allen experience, you know, not just game to game, but like quarter to quarter. I know that he was really good last night, but there's been games where, like, even in, in, you no, brought no, the Rams. No, 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 in that, that Rams game, it's like the tale of two halves. Like, I don't know what to expect from that guy. 32 of 40 for 375 yards. 9.4 yards per attempt. It looked like a seven-on-seven seven game. Like, I mean, four touchdowns. I think they might have put a hand on him once, sacked him once. And they barely ran Zach Moss. I don't know if he got hurt in the first half. Singletary. He fumbled. Oh, he did fumble. Okay, that was yeah. yeah. He fumbled inside the ten. That's right. But they were they reviewed it and it wasn't a fumble. But I guess they pulled him anyway. Um, and like Cole Beasley's getting open. Stefan Diggs had ten receptions on eleven targets. Like, I mean, this team looked like a juggernaut. Even that big receiver uh, Gabriel Davis never heard of this guy. And every time he goes out there, the rookie from UCF, he's a big dude, six two, two ten. He's just catching bombs. Like, they get John Brown back. I'm telling you, man, this is a dangerous team. I, it, it's like the, they're the forest gump of uh, the NFL. You never know what you're going to get with the Buffalo Bills on a week-to-week basis. I mean, I, this team is – they run hot, man. I'm telling you, they could throw a scare into Kansas City. I don't think they have the defense, but it's not like the Chiefs' defense is any great, anything great. And by the way, the Chiefs, they got some red zone issues. Um well, that's, over, I mean, you, to, to go to go from the the Bills, you know, our dangerous team to they could conceivably win a shootout with the Chiefs is two totally different discussions. Okay, well, yeah. So here's the thing, Rob. When I'm when I'm looking at it, I'm saying, okay, who's good in the AFC? The Ravens have a lot of COVID issues. The schedule lines up; they'll be there. But no, we don't trust Lamar Jackson. We agree on that. Yep. I liked Pittsburgh a lot. You've now taken out Bud Dupree and Bush, and no buy, and that team just looks exhausted. And they play Buffalo this week. And if they go down, I don't want to say you can wipe Pittsburgh out as a legit contender, but they got to get a running game. That offensive line is shot. So now you're looking at, okay, what are we, Tennessee, do we trust them? They, their defense is a joke. The Colts, uh, Philly Rivers, by the way, they're down to their third string left tackle. Uh, and, and, and it sounds like Phillip Rivers is he's going to need surgery on that toe after the season. So this is not like, oh, I've got a pinky toe, I'm injured. Like, he's going to need surgery. So what are we left with, the Cleveland Browns? Like, we know it's the Kansas City Chiefs open in the AFC, but somebody's got to get to the AFC title game. Um, Why not the Bills? 
If that's the bar that you're saying about whether or not they're a contender, then sure. But if the contender is they can actually win it, then no. They, they, they're they too flawed of a team. They're too inconsistent. I think they have a bright future. I think Josh Allen is a lot better than what people thought he would be coming into the NFL. And their offensive coordinator is awesome. I think you guys should be looking more at him for the New York Jets than some of the other dudes you'd mentioned. But, um, I heard a stat, Brian Dable has been in the you know he was at Alabama for a minute but I think he's been in the NFC or the AFC East like 17 seasons or something obscene as like an assistant so the familiarity with the division is is there and um you know that kind of thing helps when you had Bill Belichick around forever he knows how to diagnose that uh that Patriots defense um yeah Dayball looked really good I don't know if I'm the Detroit Lions I'm I'm thinking twice about Robert Salah. And I know it's one game and he's got a good body of work. Um and everybody's hurt, but I, I just don't know if I want a defensive coordinator, man. I know Flores is having a good season in Miami. He was awful for the first half of last year. He's really rebounded. Um quarterback on a rookie deal, so there's some good things working for him, but I don't know, man. I I I'm out on these defensive coordinators. Give me offense or give me death. G- give me Joe Brady. Um you know, Brian Dable, I'm, I'm lukewarm on Enemy given the history of Andy Reid assistance, as we touched on. But, um, yeah, I, to, to get back to Pittsburgh briefly, Rob G., if there's a such thing as a good loss, this was it. This was definitely the wake-up call they needed. Remember, they've had some close ones against inferior teams. They barely got by Dallas when Dallas was starting, um, I think it was Gucci Danucci. No, no, it was Garrett Gilbert. Um like kid they pulled off the street. Pittsburgh nearly lost that. And they kind of puttered around and messed around. And hopefully this is the wake-up call that they needed um, losing to Washington. By the way, uh, Washington did that without Antonio Gibson. They're a great running back. And, you know, I'm watching. He's out after two carries. I'm like, all right, where are they going to get the offense from? And Alex Smith is going to check down to J.D. McKissick on my fantasy team, by the way, which is not going to the playoffs. Yes, I'm pissed. Uh, and then some guy named Sims I never heard of. Who, who caught a couple nice passes, had a one-hander. Scary Terry McLaurin, two catches for 14 yards. And they win in Pittsburgh without your star running back and nothing from McLaurin. And by the way, they had no sacks, but they dominated the line of scrimmage. Um, it, just a weird game, but that's my takeaway uh, from, from Pittsburgh losing for the first time this season. I, I don't want to dive too much into the Bills 49ers. I'm just pissed that... For whatever reason, Raheem Mostert disappeared in the second quarter. Uh, I still haven't read why. Uh, I'm pissed that Debo Samuel didn't get a catch uh, until late in the third quarter. The guy's your entire offense last week, and you can't scheme him up the ball. Like Kyle Shanahan, I I don't know. I, I don't know what the hell happened there. You take away Debo. You take away Mostert. Like, you don't have much on that team. And, of course, my hard-earned money went on that team, and I lost. But I won with Washington, whatever. Um, so I don't know, Rob G, any other big picture takeaways, um, uh, from, from the two games on Monday? Uh, well, I, I'm with you. I agree that Pittsburgh needed to lose this game. Yeah. And we had a uh, Rod Woodson Steelers legend on the radio show last night, uh, almost exactly as the game was ending. And he agreed that, you know, you don't want the pressure of being undefeated in the NFL. You know, it, it helps to get that loss out of the way. Number one helps you to refocus. Number two is kind of a weight off your shoulders. You don't. Ask the New England Patriots what it was like to carry that 16, 17, and 0 heading into the Super Bowl. And when it all said and done, you can be 10 and 6, 12 and 4, 15 and 1, whatever. As long as you're undefeated in your last game, then you're happy. 
So if I'm Pittsburgh, I think that's exactly what they needed. They need to to, to have their flaws really exposed, and I like I, I expect them to bounce back in a big way against the your Buffalo Bills. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on-and-off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their general tire, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I want to quickly pivot to uh, college football. Uh, big story with Jim Harbaugh and Michigan. So, 
As we like to do on this podcast, we were early and speculated that Harbaugh could be headed to the NFL, and I had identified the Chargers as a team that makes a hell of a lot of sense. They need a West Coast uh, guy who wants to come back to the West Coast, who's good with quarterbacks, i.e. Colin Kaepernick, uh, a big name to maybe fill SoFi Stadium. Um, you know, you're, you're dealing with the Dodgers and the Lakers and a pretty damn good Rams franchise out here. Like, the Chargers have no identity. Harbaugh can get them one along with Justin Herbert. Um, it made sense. Obviously, Chicago's going to be there. He played briefly for the Bears. Um, he's got this Midwest ethos about him of toughness that kind of is embedded in the Chicago football history, and I think that makes sense. But all of a sudden, there were reports uh, that Jim Harbaugh was offered an extension at Michigan, but... But the key here is there was reduced pay. Now, obviously, the COVID situation has crippled college football athletic departments around the country. So it's not a huge surprise. I don't think it's a big slap in the face to Jim Harbaugh to uh, be given a a pay cut. But we don't know exactly how much it is. Uh, We do know that it sounds like the contract is very uh, incentive-laden. Hey, win X amount of games, get to X amount of bowl game or playoff or whatever, and you make more money. Um, but he could not go into next season as a lame duck coach because obviously you know on the recruiting trail, every coach in the Big Ten is recruiting against Harbaugh saying, oh, yeah, he's going to be gone. You don't want to go to Michigan. He can't go into kids' living rooms and say, come to Michigan because we don't know where you're going to be. Um, so they had to make a decision with Harbaugh. And what's interesting is the ball is now in Harbaugh's court, and he really has three options. He can accept the new deal and the pay cut. Um he can try to negotiate and say, you know what, that's not good enough. Uh, or he could just say, I think I'm going to pass. Thank you for your offer. Uh, I had a great time. I'm going to the NFL. And I wonder how long this contract is going to sit out there. Obviously, this is huge that they're working on this the week of the Ohio State game. That may or may not happen. Obviously, college football has been drilled by COVID. And they didn't play last week. Michigan, uh, their game was canceled. And the game with Ohio State, we don't know if it's going to happen. And uh, maybe, Rob, you can correct me, but if that game does not happen, does Ohio State have enough games to make it to the Big Ten Championship? No, they do not. Okay, so so that's another layer to this onion. If Michigan punts on the game, Ohio State's screwed. And you know that rivalry has some major bad blood. It does seem weird that if Michigan were to cancel that game, and again, COVID is a legit excuse. Nobody's going to be too ticked off. Their last game was canceled. But it would be kind of a stain on Harbaugh's time at Michigan that the last meeting between the two were canceled. He has not beaten them, and he leaves for the NFL. I think that that's a bad look for Harbaugh. Again, but there's no good look. Let's say the game's played and you lose 45-10. You know, what? what is that a good look to go out on? I mean, we're talking about a, a Michigan team that suffered the worst loss in Michigan football history dating back to, I believe it is, 1935 against Wisconsin. So it's your worst home loss in 85 years of football. Like, there's there's no way to escape this if you're Harbaugh. You got to just own it and say it didn't work out or what? I don't know. My, my gut tells me he should go to the NFL, but we know the ego on these coaches. He probably wants one more crack or two at Ohio State. I don't know, Rob G, gun to your head. What's your best guess as to what Harbaugh does? My best guess is that he is going to stay in Michigan. I think that um, 
you know, once once the report came out that the contract offer was being discussed, and and you know, you can kind of tell where it's coming from because almost immediately from the handful of reporters that reported it, they also said, well, again, five NFL teams have already been in contact with Jim Harbaugh about their NFL. And it's like, you don't, that doesn't get reported when it comes to a contract negotiating. That comes from Jim Harbaugh trying to drive up his price or negotiate something. Well, do you think that, that's a good point, but do you also think that that could be coming from Michigan when their fans here were working on an extension with Jim Harbaugh? And fans are like, oh, what are we doing that for? Well, five teams are interested in him for the NFL. You know, is that uh, is that from maybe Michigan to say, listen, I know you guys hate Harbaugh, this season has sucked, but this guy's in high demand. I think that you, that kind of stuff really only happens in professional sports. I don't think you really see that too much in college. And I think ultimately the biggest reason why he's going to be back is because I can't think of who's available, you know, outside of Urban Meyer that you think is going to be a clear upgrade from Jim Harbaugh because say what you want about what he's done the last few seasons well against Ohio State's 0-5 and, and the rivalries the bowl game we know about that but he's I think he's 11-8 and eight the last two seasons uh, this year and last year everything before that he was what finishing in the top 20 or he was like a, averaging nine wins a season before yeah. that no, you're and right. so where they were before with the Brady Hoke era the Rich Rod like they they know where they were before he got there and I think for them, it feels like they've kind of accepted defeat to Ohio State. That you know they're just not they're not that level. They 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 don't recruit as well. You know, they're Ohio State. Urban Meyer built a monster, um, and so I think that they're just going to say, "Hey, we're we're going to take our eight to nine wins a season. Maybe once every ten years, we'll you know go to a, a playoff <laughs> every game or 10? whatever." Well, I mean, the idea that Michigan is this football factory yeah. is overstated. They're right. they're not. Well, you know, they do like, get five star recruits. But to, to say that they are a blue blood in college football, that they're Alabama, that they're you know Ohio State, that they're you know even Texas, like they're not Texas. As much as Texas has fallen to hard times, Texas's football history is much richer than than Michigan's. You know, they're not USC. They're not Notre Dame. You know, like they they're good. They're solid. Every once in a blue moon, they might do something and, and mess around and, and get to a title game or something like that. But, you know, they, they are who they are. And I think that they're comfortable being a very good program that's not quite elite. So, I mean, Ohio State looks like it has eight titles, Ohio State. But again, titles in college football is weird. Like USC has nine. Michigan has nine. But we're counting like 1901, 1902. Like, I, I, I don't... To me, it's a little silly to count that. Michigan, in the last 60 years, has one championship. They have zero in the last 20. They won it in 1997. Notre Dame, another one. Oh, we got 13 titles. They haven't won one since 88. But at least they've gotten to the playoff, right? Michigan has not even gotten to the playoff. Um, Alabama has 15 titles. I mean, they got, you know, so many. Uh, this century, they got, you know, five titles. You know, so it's it's weird to like count titles, um, but you're right. Michigan hasn't won one in 23 years. Like, they're not on LSU's level. They're not on Alabama's level. They can't even see Ohio State. And I think you're right. The sooner that their fan base comes to grips with that, the better. You know, they're a great university. We know they're a great, great option for higher education. Like, you go to Michigan, you're coming out of there with a degree. You're getting a good job somewhere. You know, uh, football team. Eh, 
not a super not a super program right now. It's just not. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get to the NBA. Before we get to the best bet, I, I quickly had to jump on this. So, Kyrie Irving, man, this guy. Um, you guys know I have a love-hate relationship with Kyrie Irving. On my Instagram, I have an old photo of me 
wearing the Kyrie Irving burnt orange Cavs throwback. It's a sick jersey, dude. It's just sick. Um, and it was when Kyrie was like at his height, right? He had the Uncle Drew movie, which was cool. If you remember, he went viral in like one of these Pepsi ads for Dr. Drew, or not Dr. Drew, um, Uncle Drew. And it became a movie. And it was like, it was huge. Kyrie Irving was a superstar before he had really done anything, right? He was on, he was Cleveland's number one pick and he didn't win anything. He couldn't even get to 30 wins, I don't think. And then LeBron comes along and kind of makes Kyrie Irving a star. Kyrie Irving seems to have conveniently forgotten that because without LeBron, Kyrie Irving has done nothing in his NBA career. He has one series playoff win outside of LeBron. Like, that's a reality. If I saw Kyrie, you know, and I I was a friend of his, if I was in his inner circle, I would put my hands on his shoulders and say, Kyrie, I love you, man, but you got to stop taking shots at LeBron James. This is unnecessary. You are a really talented basketball player. You haven't done jack squat without LeBron. Nothing. You accomplished nothing on a bad Cavs team. Then you said, bye, LeBron. I don't want to play with you. I'm going to go to Boston. And you got out of the first round. Then you start feuding with Brad Stevens and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. You said, bye, I'm out. Then you go to the Nets. And you get that coach fired. And you bring in Kevin Durant. And now they got Steve Nash. And now you're chirping and chirping. And we got to get new guys in here. And you go on a podcast and you say, oh, well, but we got KD. You know, my first thought was, finally. Rob G., what's the exact quote? The exact quote. Again, he said on KD's podcast, so take that for what you will. One thing I've always been comfortable with is I felt like I was the best option on every team I've played for down the stretch. This is the first time in my career where I can be like, that motherfucker can get that shot too. So LeBron went on some podcast with Richard Jefferson, and I don't know who else is on there, but they asked LeBron about it. And he said, you know, the clip went out late Monday night. It was like LeBron's response was, well, damn, Kyrie, damn. Like that's a slap in the face to the greatest player in NBA history. And for all the people yelling, no, Jordan's best. Fine, fine. You want to say Jordan's number one, fine. Kyrie Irving is slapping LeBron in the face saying he's not the guy who can hit that shot. And LeBron's the second best player in NBA history. And Kyrie also, if you remember, he was so upset about the bubble that he tried to get that squashed. Like, what do you have against LeBron, Kyrie? You're nothing without LeBron James until at this point right now. You've done nothing in your career. And this is not a slam of Kyrie Irving. These are just the facts. I mean, if the facts hurt, I'm sorry. But that's the reality. Kyrie Irving, incredibly talented basketball player. I have one of his NBA jerseys. I like NBA jerseys. I'm getting a Luka throwback. Fact of the matter is, Kyrie Irving has done absolutely nothing. But run away from LeBron, run away from Brad Stevens, get a coach fired in Brooklyn, and let's see what he can do with Kevin Durant. And oh, oh yeah, he's taking all these shots at LeBron that are unnecessary. I don't get it, Rob. I mean, I want to like Kyrie Irving, but this dude, I I don't get it. I, I just, I don't understand what his problem is. It almost feels like He's just sick of all the drama, and he's ready to walk away from the NBA. I would say he does it after a title, but he ain't winning a title. So 
I don't I don't know if the if Kyrie Irving is long for the league. He's just so weird. And I talked to Brian Winhorst about this on my uh, Saturday radio show last week. And Winhorst is just like, you know, you have to wonder. Steve Nash went to Brooklyn. Kevin Durant worked with Nash in Golden State. Now there's all this talk about James Harden going to Brooklyn. Well, James Harden and Kevin Durant are friends dating back to OKC. And it's weird. Kyrie went to Brooklyn to start something. And it's early. But it looks like Kevin Durant, is a, it's about to become his team. And I wonder how Kyrie Irving is going to take that. Because how many more teams can you just bounce around to looking to be a superstar? Like, who's going to want to play with you? Does he end up in, I don't know, Miami? Playing with Jimmy Butler? Like, what is, what's next for Kyrie? Because it ain't winning a title in Brooklyn. It's just not happening. And the shots at LeBron, I'm starting to get upset. And I, don't, I have no connection to LeBron. Uh, Rob G, am I too hard on Kyrie Irving here? No, not at all. And what Kyrie needs to understand is he, everything that he has now, he owes to LeBron James. Because before LeBron got to back to Cleveland, he was a number one overall pick who couldn't stay healthy, who was captain of a 25-win team over and over and over. LeBron gets there, suddenly they're title contenders, and credit to Kyrie, he had that great finals run. Uh, that one series, which was awesome. Other than that, you know, he was okay. He was good. Hit the game-winning shot. Yeah, but you know, outside of that that series or that one run, I don't, I can't remember a single Kyrie Irving, you know, playoff moment. Well, his but moment is, still is, I think, breaking Brandon Knight's ankles in like All Star <laughs> Weekend. Do you remember that? Yeah. I mean, he yeah. kind of ended Brandon Knight there. I know that sounds silly to say. Brandon Knight's an NBA player, made a lot of money. But, um, but okay, that's like so, Kyrie Irving's highlight, is it not? Outside of the game-winning three. Yeah, and then and again, it's not to diminish that that was a huge play. It's going to go on NBA history, but you can only live off that kind of moment for so long. Because you know, once he went to Boston, he's like, hey, you know, everyone knew that there was a big power struggle issue with Kyrie and LeBron. That Kyrie had this overinflated, you know, confidence and 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 ego about himself. So he goes to Boston, gives his team now. Now he's going to be the man running the show with all the young pups, and uh, they play better without him. Once you know, when he gets hurt. He comes back the following season. They win one playoff series and then get smacked out in the second round by Milwaukee. And I want to say that he put up some of the worst numbers I'd ever seen in a postseason in in that series. And they won that first game, if memory serves, right? Yes, they did. They started out uh, 5-0 in the playoffs and then just got boat raced. (laughs) Um, And then he goes goes to Brooklyn, and and I, I don't know a single NBA media member, talking head, reporter. I mean, we know a lot of people. Who thinks it's going to end well in Brooklyn? So, it, it, it that just the basketball part alone, you know, his reputation precedes him. Then you go with you know the off the court stuff where he's he's boycotting the media and that lasts for twenty four hours. You know, the Earth is flat. He's talking about <laughs> Christmas is not a real holiday, and it's like and, that, and I think that kind of encapsulates who he is. His in his mind, he is such a better, bigger, smarter version than what he actually is. In his mind, he's the best point guard in the NBA. He's a superstar. He's a championship contender, whatever team he goes to, and that could not be further than the truth because as soon as LeBron James out of the picture, you saw what he became. He thinks he's really smart, and you know he is a smart guy, but when you start to say the things that he says and flows out the ideas that he does, and when he talks to certain people in interviews and in media, he's almost condescending. 
because it's like I'm on a different level yeah. operating on that you can't really comprehend. And it's like it's going to crash and burn in his face at some point. Let, let me ask you this. When you think back to Kyrie, is he even a winning player? And I know that's a weird moniker to say about a guy who hit a game-winning shot in Game 7 of the Finals against the greatest regular season team in the history of the league. But I remember he played like seven games at Duke. And I remember those early Cavs years. He didn't elevate the play of anyone else. And then in Boston, he alienated more than he elevated. And in Brooklyn, he has been an unbelievable ball hog. And again, with the alienating people. I don't, I'm not calling him Russell Westbrook uh, to be derogatory and say he's not a winning player. But I just, I'm starting to wonder. The comments, you know, I know actions speak louder than words, but that ain't a good thing for Kyrie Irving because his words are bad and his actions are even worse. I think it's all going downhill for him unless he gets a major, what's the movie? Uh, Dazed and Confused. You are in the need, wait, what is it? You are, you are in the serious need of an attitude adjustment. And uh, the quarterback refuses to sign like the, uh, the slip that I won't do drugs senior year. He ends up crumbling it and throwing it at the coach. And like, you know, listen, Kyrie, I could see Kyrie Irving butting heads with Steve Nash. Steve Nash, by the way, super nice guy. Hey, don't um, forget, he's not really a coach, remember? They said it's more of a collaborative <laughs> That's effort. another one. We haven't even got so, to that. Yeah. yeah, Kyrie Irving's like, yeah, we don't even have a coach. Like, just shut up. Um, all right, I just went in on Kyrie a little bit too hard. Uh, I'm sure the NBA uh, Twitter bozos will be coming after me. for Because they seem to love Kyrie. Did you know that? Yeah. It's weird, Rob. There's people, like, they love on the internet. They love Carmelo Anthony. Like, he can do no wrong. There's another guy. He doesn't win anything. They love Russell Westbrook. Another non-winner. They hate on Curry. They hate on Durant. But they love these guys who are, like, showy and flashy and don't do shit. Sorry. All right. I just went. All right. Let, let me end it on that. I'll, as you can see, I'm excited for the NBA season uh, to get started. The only thing better than sitting on your couch watching the game making money while you do it. Here's your best bet. Rare Tuesday night football. How many of these have we had this year? Three maybe? Um, I'm excited for Baltimore. I know primetime underdogs have been performing extremely well. Um, I don't know if you can call Washington a primetime underdog uh, on Monday. Obviously, Buffalo went off as a dog. Two more wins. I think primetime dogs are something like, and you count Denver Sunday. Um, I believe primetime underdogs are like twenty six and twelve. Um, but I ain't touching Dallas here. No way, not happening. The big injury that scares me is Zach Martin out. If you if you look at Dallas, that game against Minnesota, Zach Martin was back. The offensive line was great. Zeke had a hundred yards. Okay, Zach Martin. When he's out, this offensive line, which is already injury prone, uh, and so many guys hurt on the offensive line, um, it's not a great situation. I'm taking Lamar Jackson. I know that's risky to do. Uh, favored by eight at home. There'll be no fans in the stadium, obviously. Uh, so a lot of extra time here uh, for for uh, for Dallas and their game against Baltimore, which has like five guys who have come off the COVID list and. That's the big unknown here. I think people are probably taking a bite of Dallas getting a lot of points because we don't know what Lamar is going to look like off of COVID. You know, we've seen some guys, it doesn't affect them at all. 
Go look at the Miles Garrett tape uh, from Sunday. He was coming off COVID, and he did not. I mean, he looked maybe sixty percent at best, um, and I think he would probably admit that. Hit some guys harder than others. Uh, so I, I'm taking Baltimore to win and cover. I think they bounce back off uh, off a hard fought game against Pittsburgh, and um, I think that Pittsburgh loss on Monday night energizes them because they know. Wait, wait a sec. Wait, we might have an outside chance to steal this division if the Pittsburgh Steelers, I know they swept us, but if they all of a sudden just flounder and, and they lose three straight, we got to, we just, we take care of Dallas that we beat Cleveland and look, maybe we got a shot at getting in the driver's seat. So I, I, I I'm, I'm buying a little bit low here on Baltimore. Um, and, uh, I, this is going to sound funny. Does Andy Dalton get caught in a look ahead here? Because Dallas, plays Cincinnati next week. <laughs> and Andy Dalton spent the first nine years of his career as a Bengal. No, I'm kidding. Obviously, that's not a look ahead for Andy Dalton. So, I, I'm listen, best bet, uh, one and one on Monday night. I'll post a season record online. We'll have it tomorrow when I celebrate Baltimore. Um, I'm seeing actually seven and a half this morning. So, I, 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 I'll, I think they'll cover seven and a half. Baltimore Ravens, your best bet. Folks, this was a fun episode. We will have um, we got some interesting interviews coming up this week. I'll just leave it at that. No surprises. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.